It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. say staff study here but we're doing something a little bit different this time um, for this game and the Livingston game at the weekend we have decided to combine myself and uh, good friend Stephen Harrigan good evening how are you I'm not bad I'm not bad at all you good yeah I'm pretty good can't complain excellent um, as many of you will know uh, Stephen also has his five things to look out for uh, pod uh, an, an article that he does before the match and what we've decided to do is, what we've found is that we throw a lot of info at you, we throw a lot of stats, a lot of discussion, and it's maybe not quite as focused as it could be. Uh, so we're going to combine these two, see how this goes, it's a little bit of an experiment, and hopefully we'll be able to give you something that's a bit more focused, something that ultimately we would like you to be a, a huge part of as well. Stephen comes up with his five things to look out for, but what I'd like to be able to do is get some questions or anything that you guys are curious about as the listeners before a game and we can discuss and look into that uh, because ultimately I think that that's the way that football discussion should be you answer the fans not try and shape the fans opinions uh, if you get my meaning so um, so as I said Steve is joining me here um, and obviously for this game it is Livingston um, off just before we get started, Stephen, because one of the things, one of the reasons why I do the staff study is to try and manage expectations to some extent. It's about giving people an idea of what their opposition are actually like, rather than the, the sort of sort standard thing that you see quite often that when we're facing anyone that will be either should be four or five. Now, I like to kind of look at it a bit deeper and see if that's you know a valid valid point. Livingston this weekend, what are you expecting? Um, Livingston for me are a side I've kind of been sussed out to be quite honest um, I think they are they very much rode on the crest of a wave of being promoted of course they were promoted under David Hopkin um, he left or you know was leaving for, for different jobs Kenny Miller came in that didn't work out so they're now on the third manager 
and the bubble seems to have burst a wee bit. Everybody knows what they are. They play in a very tight pitch at Hammondville. If you look at the goal kicks, they go from one end to another. They're a set-piece team, and I think they've kind of been sussed out a wee bit, and I think you're going to start now to see Livingston, you know, take that wee dip. Um, they've probably got enough points that they'll, they'll stay up. Um, I'd, you know, just they'll probably do just enough, I would say, this season to stay up, but I think you're now going to start to see them really kind of dip off, um, and that's where I'm at with them. So, in that respect, then, you'd expect a pretty comfortable match? Yeah, I, mean, I would think, I, I don't think a, a big park suits Livingston. I think, see if it was, you know, for instance, a game we played at the Tony Macaroni Arena, you know, or Armandville, whatever it's called, um, it suited Livingston. We, we kind of, Livingston narrow the park. It must be the smallest park in the, the league. And I think once they come to a big park at Ibrox, they will be organised, don't get me wrong. They'll sit in deep and they'll play probably one up front and try and frustrate us. But, you know, they, they try and... They, they celebrate um, corners and long throws. I think that tells you everything you need to know about what kind of team they are. Um, that's what I expect from Livingston. But I think teams are really... They're a bit like Mullerwell in the sense. Once you start to find them out, you know, a lot of teams didn't know what they were about. And once you've played them once, and once you've seen what they've got, you can say, right, OK, that's what we need to do. Yeah, OK, that's fair enough. Um, obviously, you've kind of touched on some of the things that you wanted to talk about there anyway. Um, and I've kind of had a, a bit of a deeper look. Um, I don't mean that offensively, you get what I mean. Just a bit of statistics. As you mentioned, uh, they've kind of dipping down the league a lot about now, since seventh in the league this season so far. Five wins, four draws, three defeats, on so 19 points. They've scored 12 goals and conceded only seven. They've got the second best defensive record in the league. The last five matches have been two defeats, two draws, and one win. Now, you talked about the bubble slightly busting up and being sussed. That doesn't seem like a very good record, obviously, in the last five games. But it is worth pointing out that one of their defeats was uh, to St. Johnson. And St. Johnson seemed to be the form team in the league at the moment. And uh, their draws have been away to Motherwell and then obviously their last game there at home to Celtic. Their win was a 4 0 thumping of Dundee, which everybody was doing at one point, I think. Um, and they lost to, to Harlan away from home recently as well so they're in a bit of mixed form in the last five games and they are as you say dropping into the bottom six where you'd expect them to be um, in terms of the, the team that they're going to play um, and we'll talk about Rangers towards the end of this but looking at Livingston they're pretty predictable um, Liam Kelly and Goals who has having a great season I think it's fair to say uh, and the bag three of Lithgow, Halkett and Gallagher um, Lawless plays in the right you've got Burns in the left Jacobs, Pittman and Burn will be in midfield now one thing that might be to our benefit is that Dolly Menga didn't, didn't um, appeal his suspension yep. he got offered the two games he's out he's definitely out and Lee Miller hasn't been involved recently suggesting he's injured whether or not that's going to be the case you know if he'll come back in at the weekend I don't know but they've now got a problem for that role up front and, and, and at the start of the season they were using both of them then when Miller's been out, they've brought in another midfielder in Lawson and went almost 5-4-1. And now the Menga's out as well. If Miller's also missing, Ryan Hardy, even if he was fit and he's not been for most of the season, wouldn't have been eligible anyway. So I think all they've got is an 18-year-old striker that can come in and that's going to hurt them a little bit in terms of being able to get up the park. Uh, so I'd imagine they're going to go with that kind of four central midfielders three at the back, two wing-backs, and play the way that they normally play. Anything you think of, kind of, uh, No, the only thing I would say to maybe keep out for is Livingston seem to try the long diagonal from one, kind of, from the right full-back or the right 
you know, the maybe way three at the back. They always try that from right to left and try and switch it and win flick-ons. They're very good at doing that. They've got a lot of success from that this season. So that's probably the only thing I would urge us to be a wee bit cautious of, you know, and keep an eye out for. They like to kind of switch it and play, I suppose you would say the old Wimbledon style, you know, kind of direct, just get it back to front uh, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, and as I say, if they've, if they've not got the kind of physical presence up front that they would normally have, yeah. they, they might, you know, not get quite as much joy out of that. Now, let's go into some of the things, and, and before this started, the listeners that Stephen sent me, what would have been his five things to look out for? Um, and we'll just kind of start from, from where you wanted to start, Stephen, and yeah. I think this, the first one, uh, first one you gave us was, um, did the international break do as good this time? What was your kind of thinking there? Do you think it has... Um, well, did we hit form at the wrong time? You know, is, is there ever a, I don't think there's ever a wrong time to pump Mullowell and send out a message. Um, or was it just one of these things the rest was good for us? It lets the manager and his coaching staff really, you know, have a chance to work on the training ground. Um, there's always positives and negatives to take. Um, you know, Ryan Kent's probably a wee bit closer to first team action. I don't think you'll see him on Saturday. Barisic might be involved off the bench, but I think it might be a game too soon for him as well. Um, but it's just... You know, you, you, you speak about momentum. Um, and after that game with Mullowell, it's one of them. After a defeat, you want a game quickly, and after a win, you want a game. You know, three days later, so to keep up that wee bit of momentum, isn't it? Usually, yeah. Um, and I had a quick look, just obviously because there's been a few breaks this season. The, the nature of how the qualifying now goes has changed all that. Um, and after our break in September, uh, obviously the defeat to Celtic, and then we had a run of, of seven games after that. We were five wins, one draw and one defeat. And, and those games included the way to Villarreal. We had Hearts at home when they were at their you know, yep. best. Essentially, this season, they were in very, very good form. Um, we had Rapid Vienna in there. So we had some difficult fixtures. Then that break came in September. And after the break in October, seven games. Again, it's been three wins, two draws and two defeats. And... Those that's you know quite a marked difference between the break in September and break in October. And at the time when the break in September came, obviously we'd just been Rapid Vienna and Hearts in quick succession. After the defeat to Livingston, we'd went and had two really good performances. Um, and then, even though the results, the defeat to Aberdeen and has in many ways, the defeat to Aberdeen coming just after the draw to Sparta and Moscow seemed to colour people's perception of where we were I don't think we may differ on this I don't think the defeat against Aberdeen was one that was horrendous that was a game where we didn't do enough but Aberdeen certainly didn't deserve to beat us either uh, in my opinion so you looked at that and then the Spartak game at home which was one that you know you're a deflection away from, from winning that game essentially it was one of those nights wasn't it um, yeah. I feel as though a form wasn't hugely different, but just that little bit of luck wasn't quite there. Am I being too nice? Am I being a bit nice? Um, I think every great season is littered with good luck. Um, you know, if you, you take any season, you have to have your share of luck. But with that, the Aberdeen game for me was the most frustrating thing because we, we brought Sadiq out of nowhere to play as a striker. It was almost as if we need to play a striker. It's always if the manager, you know, overthought things. You know, we'd seen Kent play the week before at Hamilton, play through the middle, and you thought that's the way to get Aberdeen because they're very immobile as a, a back four. You know, get in between the full backs, get in between the centre half, and get, you know, and amongst them, um, you know, get, you know, playing quick one twos. I felt the Aberdeen game was frustrating for me. The Spartak Moscow game, not so much because I. 
I thought they were a good side. They impressed me at Ibrooks because they, they came over here for a draw. They sat in. They were happy to take what we gave them and suck up a wee bit. And yeah, we were a wee bit of deflection away, but I really did feel, especially in the second leg against Spartak Moscow, they were good going forward. Um, they maybe weren't the best defensively, but when they had to at Ibrooks, they defended. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's a poor a point against the Russian team at home who played in the Champions League a year previously. Considering where we've been, it's never a poor result. Um, so I'm not going to go too much on that. The Aberdeen one, yeah, it's not a great Aberdeen side. That's the only thing I would say. And the manner in which we lost the goal, you know, from from the corner, um, I think it's goals and it starts. It's probably his own and McGregor starts to come a wee bit. We get caught in two minds. That's a wee bit of a frustration how we lost the goal rather than we never really get going that day. It was just it was a terrible game. You know, if you put that game back on to watch, you're never going to watch it and go, oh, that was a great game, it was really end-to-end and we were unlucky. It was just a, a shite game. Yeah, Aberdeen were happy to sit make it difficult. Yep. And we just wanted quite our best on the day. Uh, it, it showed, as you say, just made a, a poor game of football. But I'm not entirely... You know, some people think there was a major dip in form. I mean, you just look at the results, yeah. it sort of feels like that. But it was only, you know, a couple of games of a difference and I don't think we were hugely uh, poor. I just think that we lost that little bit of luck that maybe we had in, in, in previous runs um, where, you know, as you say, the Aberdeen goal kind of came out of nowhere. In fact, if you look at it again, there was about three chances to clear the ball uh, before, you know, what happened happened. And we, we, we can say similar about the, um, which game was it where Gerard had a right-go-to team for not clearing the ball correctly? That was Spartak Moscow away, wasn't yep, it? Yep. Actually, yeah. That, you know, the other defeat in there, where, again, you know, you look at a couple of the goals that they scored, you look at the fact that we had an offside goal um, incorrectly called, you know, a goal which should have stood and made a 4-2. So, so I'm not, you know... The, the problem I think we've got is we're not good enough to... At certain times, if we're not all in our game, we're not blowing teams out the water the way we did against Marvel. So especially when you have, you know, the play against Spartak Moscow, it is these fine margins that are going to be, you know, you take into account at the end of the game that will add up. Um, it's just the wee things. And we are getting better. And we're a very young team. People, we, we do have to keep that in mind. We're still bedding. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. It's fair, yeah. I, I, that's what I think is, is the biggest thing that we keep forgetting. I don't know if we've ever really had quite as young a squad overall. Uh, you know, such a lack of reliance on experience and then some of the experienced players if, if Graham Dorans Jamie Murphy weren't injured yeah. this season they would have made a difference in terms of their experience in terms of their ability in certain matches where we've not had quite on the bench what we've needed because of other injuries so yeah I think you're right as well we need to keep that in mind um, so just to move on to your second yeah. point then um, now you, you sent this to me and you Titled it New Culture. And new, it was New Queller. It must have been the old uh, autocorrect. New yeah, Queller and so we are. Yeah, I think so. I think Goldson will play best if he's with somebody who can talk him through the game. 
And what I mean by that, Golson's still a very young player, and he's shown he's a very capable defender. He had a, maybe a wee bit of lapse in form, or you know, it's going to happen. You know, he's played a lot of games um, since coming back from his injury, so the rest might actually work in his favour. But you know, the same goes for Gareth McCauley. Katic and Warrell have just really played their way out the team. You see, when Warrell, uh, McCauley came in in the second half against Marwell, now he really did just dominate everything in the air. Um, and see if we can have one dominant centre-half and he can talk about it, especially he might play left centre-half in, in Saturday, I think we might see Andy Halliday play and it's, it's just a wee bit of, you know, tells him where to be, tells him where to position the thing, the kind of things Daily Weir used to do where he might not be the, the fastest, uh, Macaulay, but he can certainly, you know, guide a team he's got the first five yards in his head and then Goldson has, you know, all the athletic ability and the, everything else just to make it up it's, it's probably a Poor man's comparison, but I think that's probably where we'd look to it. I would look to be that as a, the centre half pairing going forward, in my opinion. Okay, um, so I wanted to throw some stats at that. Yeah. To do it. Um, so last season, because obviously the Cowboys only played 25 minutes yeah. of, of league football and an international this season, so difficult to tell. So last season they played a, a decent number of games, not a huge number, in the Premiership, in the FA Cup, and internationally. Um, overall last season he won 54% of his aerial duels and he won 49% of defensive duels well, or, or duels overall I should say not just defensive duels his passing accuracy was 79% now that's at West Brom um, and that's kind of it's worth bearing in mind that there's a slightly higher level of opposition and the style of play that they're going to ask him to play but by way of comparison just to, to give mm-hmm. a little bit of comparison in this Conor Goldson wins 60% of his aerial duels this season 54% of overall duels and has a passing accuracy of 85%. Katic is 62% aerial duels, 49% duels overall, 86% for passing. And Warrell is 55% aerial duels, 44% duels overall and 87% passing. So there's a fair difference in all of the passing accuracies compared to McCauley, but it is you know, worth knowing the difference in style. McCauley would have played more long balls in that West Brom team then he'll be asked to play in the Rangers side that'll make a difference also a big difference overall of the four McCauley's stats last season in terms of aerial duels that he won would be the lowest uh, compared to the three that we've got this season so far I can't see that continuing in Scottish football but we'll see you know we've got some time to see that Um, and the overall duels at 49% sitting around the same as Katic has so far this season Goldson's a little bit more than them again at 54 Warrell's a little bit down around 44% so statistically as I say I had to look at last season for McCauley and he's a year older he's playing in a completely different league and I get that it's not entirely relevant but statistically he, you know, he's not quite there but we can't really judge because of you know, the different leagues so it'll just be interesting to, to keep an eye on those stats that he had last season in a different league with the different demands in terms of how you play. Like yourself, I think he's going to come in on Saturday, and I think he will be next to Goldson as well. Um, whether he'll be kept on Thursday against Villarreal is a different story. I don't know about that. But, um, but yeah, um, I just wanted to put some stats on that, some some uh, some comparisons for everybody. I think the two of them will come in. I'm not quite sure what our best partnership is. I don't think we'll have just one partnership anyway, even... You know, everybody fit. I still think there'll be rotation at the back. Um, I think that's the way that we want to go, and you see many top sides doing that now. So, 
yeah, um, just uh, something to keep an eye on. And if his stats up here are much better, then it just shows you the difference in, in what can be done with defenders. My th- thing is that the style's going to... See, you, you spoke there about you know mixing it up. I think McCauley's perfect for Saturday's game, as you speak about, because Livingston are that type of side. Whereas on Thursday night against Villarreal, you know, Katic is probably one of the, you know, dominant, or it was, you know, before his drop in form, was seen as a dominant centre-half, and yet he was dropped for the away game against Villarreal because they're perceived to play more football. So I think it's going to be a wee bit of horses for courses this season, and I, I completely agree with you on that. I think you're going to see a wee bit chopping and changing. It'll be Goldson and one other, won't it? Most likely goes in most of the time, yeah, and one other. Um, you know, we may have the odd game, um, like we did against Derry in the Cup, for example, where Golson was fit, but we just went with Cartage and Morrow anyway because we were confident enough that we were strong enough for that type of match. We may get the odd game like that. Um, but it would just be, it'll be curious to see how, how the team, how, how the defenders do overall because they are all quite... I think they've all got some some really. There's a fair difference between Katic and Morrow for me, and then Goldson again being a bit more. He reads the game a bit differently from those two. Really about Katic and Morrow both like to go and try and nick yep. the ball off a defender, and we've seen both get into trouble for that. Goldson seems to prefer reading it. I can't say that truly. I know enough about McCauley. Um and we're only looking. At, I'm only looking at stats here, and I'm fully aware that someone with McCauley's experience and leadership. That's the sort of thing you can't measure statistically. You just can't do that. It's very, very difficult to. to he'll be talking to all our players even when we're on the ball and, and setting people up in certain positions and such like. So, yeah, it'll be. I think that'll be the, the partnership on, on Saturday. Uh, but just worth keeping in mind, he's, he's got a reputation as being really dominant in the air. But you know, looking at last season's stats, maybe just because of the better league he was in, he wasn't quite winning as many of his aerial duels as our current defenders do. So worth keeping an eye on against a team like Livingston next up your question more, or your, your kind of point to, to look out for is this a good game to start Kyle Lafferty um, what's your thinking um, truthfully it's about time this guy showed up for us um, he's not got any kind of excuse for me I know he's had a couple of injuries but he's familiar with the club he's familiar with the league and many of the players Um I just don't think he's had one good game at Marlville so far and it's just not enough now I don't think he was bought to be an automatic starter but games like Saturday especially when we've got a big European game on Thursday should be perfect for him um, you know we're at home Barisic probably won't make it so you might even see him off the left because I think they might still play Morelos um, but you know Lafferty frustrates me because he's a player he's got everything you want you want him to have you know if you were making a striker and there's games you've seen him play for North Ireland and you know even back in the day for us and for Hearts against Celtic and, and Marwell you know, you think he's got absolutely everything, and I actually feel that see if he'd played away against Spartak Moscow, we would have probably won the game. That's how good his hold up play can be at times. I just really want him to play, start to kick on, and you know, chap at the bit for a, for a place on Thursday night. That's my thinking behind it. It's a great opportunity. We're at home, and I think you know, especially with the way Livingston play, he could be needed to defend set pieces as well as attack them. So that was my thinking on that one. There is that, I suppose, yeah. Um, although I, I'm never a fan of... I've never been a fan, and it's just me, maybe I'm playing the game on paper a little bit here. I've never been a fan of putting someone in an attacking position because they're good at defending set pieces, you know, as a main sort of thing. That one's always frustrated me, but I do get the thinking behind it. Uh, I don't think Lafferty and Morelos on the pitch together works. 
Um, I haven't seen any evidence of it. They may prove me wrong in time. I certainly don't think it works when Lafferty's asked to play wide. Um, and he's not scored in his last six appearances for club or country. He's not started a match since the way back against Villarreal. His last goal was the game after Villarreal, uh, when we filmed St Johnson at home, uh, when he came off the bench and scored. He, uh, he's not in the greatest of form, as you say. This decision may be forced, actually, because as we record this, we record this on the Wednesday, so we're a little bit early, and hopefully what I say here is completely irrelevant. But the training pictures that Rangers put out for today for everybody coming back from international duty and getting back together and such like, Eros Gresda wasn't involved because he was playing on the Tuesday night, but there was no sign of Fredo Morelos in the pictures either. And I do wonder if he's either been given a, a bit more of an extended dress, it could be as simple as that, or if he's picked up something. We've seen him in recent games where he's had the tape and, and the groin, and he's, he's, he's often, when he's on the deck or whatever, feeling around about that area, as if he's got a little knob that he's playing through. Hopefully, as I say, that's all irrelevant. The press conference will be on the Thursday, and we'll, we'll surely clear that up. But the decision may be forced. If Lafferty's going to play, I don't think we can play him in Morelos, and it would be almost like a, a resting Morelos case. And at the moment, I don't think there's anything Lafferty can do that Morelos can do better. Nothing at all. So... Uh, I, I think that uh, if they're both fit and both uh, both available, I think Morelos will play personally. But I take a point. It might be a, a game. You know, if Morelos is struggling a little bit, it might be a game that Lafferty could come in and, and, and kind of rotate that a little bit. Possibly, I just don't. I don't see that if, if both are fit. Um, now, your next point about Livingston, um, more about Livingston, and it was just a, a point that you made to. Say we know what they are, but a set piece side. Is that just purely from an attacking sense that you've been looking at that then? Um, yeah, really. I mean, see, when you look at Livingston and any time I've seen them play and spoke to other people around Scottish football, they seem to they love you know they're a wee bit like Stoke in the Premier League back in the day, where it's all about corners and um, especially throw-ins. I think it's you know the the boy that does really long throws at Wallace that does a really long throw-in. Um, um, Wallace will do that yep. yeah. and they also yeah, and, and in terms of the set pieces that they get corners free kicks it's always balls whipped in yep. uh, they never play out swingers it's always in swingers, swingers. the thing is at the game Tony McEnroe we never play complimentary football and what I mean by that is you're going to get days where you have to play the defence is going to have to play well or the attack is going to have to play well but nobody played well that day so we weren't complimenting each other and we just we seem to play just down to their level. It's something we've, we've continuously done this season and it's the being of the, my biggest frustration for us this season because we're far better than it. Now, with the big park, I think Livingston will look to try and get us up the park and get corners and get set pieces. A wee bit, they're very similar to Mullerwell, so we know what's happening here. Now, the Open, when we played them away, they were a wee bit unlucky not to carve us open with a couple of um, kind of clear-cut chances, but I think their lack of cutting edge showed and as you say, they're going to be lacking a striker. So they're going to have to resort to throw-ins and long throw corners to get anything from this game. Um, so I think it's where they're going to be most dangerous and we must be, you know, most alert and, and deal with them in that sense. So, in the attacking sense, they are. I, I said yep. side, there's no doubt about that. They've scored 12 goals in the league this season. Nine of them have came from set-piece situations. Only one of that was a direct free kick. The other eight that I mentioned have all came from, you know, free kicks, throw-ins, corners. And I didn't even include their goal against us, 
which you know was a free kick. It was half cleared yeah. and then came back in. I've, I've, I've not included that. Put that in as a because it's got to go back to open play at some point, right? So you know I've kind of put that as, as one of the few open play goals, and you could argue that uh, you know being kind to them there. What I would say is we talk about them as being a set piece side, and this maybe links to, to your next point as well. But we'll come on to this. One of the things that they do very, very well when, when we went there and lost, we played far more crosses in that match than our average and in any other game this season because they just forced us wide all the time. Yeah. They have they've only conceded seven goals, but the expected goals against them this season is thirteen point five, almost double what they've actually conceded. They average around 10 shots against them per match and they've got the fourth highest number of defensive duels, 67.4 per 90 minutes. The vast majority, when you look at the players that are all involved in those defensive duels, it's all their central players. They've got Halkett winning 39% of his, Lithgow is winning 34% of his. The league average is only 22%, so it just shows you, you know, how comfortable those defenders are going and winning defensive duels. And something that doesn't, most teams are, you know, they'll force you wide. Teams will have, you look at most teams and most of their defensive duels are in wide positions. They're full backs because that's where they want the ball to be. They're happy for the ball to be out there. What Livingston will do is, yeah, they'll force you wide, but they won't actually go and close down crosses or anything either. They don't care about that. They'll let you cross the ball because they're so comfortable at defending that. Um, they've got the second highest number of aerial duels in the league and the third highest success rate. All of this put together, it's fair to say in the attacking sense they're a set-piece side, but defensively, they're actually quite reminiscent of Hearts last season in that they don't care if you've got loads of the ball and they don't mind if you're whipping and crosses all day. They won't actually go and combat that because they're so comfortable, so you know, so uh, so confident in what they're able, their back three and their goalkeeper are able to do that they don't, they don't really, they're not scared of it in any way at all. Um, and as I said, that links to your last point, which is essentially a kind of, you know, bit of a rallying call. No mercy, let's go and kill this mob, essentially. Let's remember the kind of aftermath of the, of the game over there. Uh, I say over there, in, in, in Livingston. Um, and you, as you said earlier, you feel as though they've been kind of sussed out. Yeah. Um, what's, you look at that, what, what are you expecting then in terms of how are, we going, how are Rangers going to approach this? Such a way, you know, this team's kind of been sussed. What, what are you expecting to see? As I say, I think Livingston, you speak about they're well drilled, but they're very compact and narrow. Um, what we have to do is move the ball quickly. What we can't do is what we did against St Mum, which we're trying to play long balls in or, you know, ball. We have to play with a tempo. We have to start the game with the tempo we've seen probably most often in second halves and just get the ball moving quickly. If we get an early goal, pump them, and I don't want to call off the dogs, I just want to keep it going, you know, continue this relentless streak. Um, you know, they didn't really conduct themselves with the, the biggest amount of class the last time we played them, and, you know, I'd keep that in memory. There's plenty of other sides coming up, especially one in 29th of December that didn't conduct themselves with a lot of class when we played them, but, you know, I'd keep it in the memory bank, um, just like Marwell last time out. And the, I suppose one positive thing about Scottish football is you get the opportunity to put it right very quickly because of the, the amount of cycle or the amount of times you play each team. So, yeah, you know, I'm very much aware of the aftermath and everything that went on. You know, you see it with Andy Halliday and all that after the game. Just keep that in mind and don't take a foot off the gas. I know we've got a game on Thursday and people may say, we'll get a goal or two up and just, you know, chill and 
do. Now, bugger it, let's start sending out a message, especially at home. I think if we can move the ball fast, we can, you know, draw them out. They're not a, they're not a, a great football inside. I said they're very... If you put a rope between their back four, you know, they like that kind of situation where they'll narrow it. You say they'll, they'll let us get the crosses in. What we must do is draw them out of position and find the gaps in behind. And that creates space for runners from midfield. Um, you, it might be one of the days where whoever plays up front is really doing a kind of tire shift and drawing people out of position and taking, try to drag defenders into wide areas. I think that's what kind of game it will be on Saturday. But a couple, an early goal um, I'd like to see is just keep, you know, a foot in the throat and just choke them basically well you've got a great record early goals this season especially yep. at Ibrox, so that's something that you'll be home to see um, one very thing one thing I found quite interesting Livingston this season four of the games that they've played they've actually won possession you know over the 50% mark they've never won the game um, so you talk about the, you know they're not a great football inside that, that to me is quite an interesting thing when they lost recently against Hamilton and St Johnson they basically come up against themselves. They come up against teams who were happy to let them have more of the ball and they didn't really know what to do with it and, and they lost both of those games 1-0. We're not going to do that, obviously, and there's a good chance that they're going to have 60-plus percent possession in this game and that's where Livingston are probably quite comfortable. They conceded seven goals in the league. Three of those came in the opening day. Since then, they've only conceded four, two at home and two away. They don't let in a lot of goals against anybody. Um, it's uh, it's one of those matches where it's, I think saying they've been sussed if you'd said to me before the Celtic game at the last, the last round of fixtures there that they played I knew I was very much in the yeah, you've got bubbles kind of burst camp after that draw I do wonder if those two games against Hamilton and St Johnson were just a blip or are they indicative of where we're going and we're going to find that out my worry is that a lot of people are going to go in this game it's just after an international break and it's Livingston and they just don't win a lot of goals whether that's through you know design it's through design the way that they play it's not mm-hmm. luck it's design um, a lot of people are going to go there expecting 3, 4, 5 now and I hope they're right but this game it could very well be a kind of ground out 1, 2 and a win um, they're looking to they've just went you know a number of games without scoring in the league and even just a lot of averages suggests that they'll probably have a goal in them sometime soon. Doesn't look good for them this coming weekend because, you know, the, the, the options that they lack up front. But, you know, with that sort of team that can just get something out of nowhere for a set of pieces we've spoken about. So that's my only concern is to say they've been sussed and then people start talking about a burst bubble. I'm not too convinced yet. I just feel as though they've still got possibly enough about them that may mean that they can uh, make it a kind of uncomfortable one for us um, and last time in my opinion the biggest thing that screwed us wasn't the pitch it was the fact that we had Vienna and Hearts coming up within the space of, of the week and I think our players took their eye off the ball against Livingston last time I think that they were a bit more worried about injuring themselves for the bigger games coming up and not focused enough on what they were doing there and I have to hope you know with and now we've got what Valerie Allen Hart's coming up um, after and I have to hope that this isn't some sort of repetition of that um, let's talk about Rangers a little bit then <laughs> starting team I think we know McGregor's going to start on goal so there's no no way to be there Fullbacks, Tavernier right back. Do you expect Halliday to keep his place even if Barisic is available? I do I expect Barisic maybe for Thursday night and Halliday to keep his place for Saturday yeah 
centre half we spoke about we yep. expect to see McCauley and Goldson. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right this time. I think McCauley will be given the chance to play. He's clearly been knocking the door and, and there's been plenty of positive noises about him from, from Gerard and Michael Beal, so I think he'll get his chance and it may be the sort of game that, that suits him in terms of you know, he's a bit of a siege defender anyway, and that's going to be the type of defending. He's always good to pop up with a goal as well. Yes, yeah, and we're, we're getting a lot better at the set pieces, especially having left footers on the pitch. <laughs> Halliday puts a good ball in, Middleton puts a good ball in from a dead ball. It was becoming a bit of a problem when we had a full team of right footed players, and it wasn't, you know, Tavernier was being asked to take them on both sides, and it just wasn't working for him. Uh, midfield three, this is probably where there's a real chance of some rotation yep. uh, with Thursday in mind. What, what are you expecting in the three there? I'm kind of, I've got a slight feeling, I don't know why, I think you might see Jordan Rossiter come in. Um, okay. I don't know if we'll play Koulibaly, I don't know if we'll keep him fresh for Thursday, but I certainly think, or Arfield, Arfield tends to get rested for these type of games because he's so keen to press, so I think one of them will be rested, uh, and possibly Jack and obviously Ajay as the other three. Yeah, so you're looking at Rossiter, Jack, Ajay would be three, maybe. Yep. Thinking about that, I th- I've got a funny feeling Rossard won't start this one. I think mm-hmm. he'll be on the bench, um, and I think it will be—I I, I think it will be Jack Arfield, Ajari, and personally uh, as a three um, with Kula Bally coming back in on Thursday. But you know, we'll, we'll talk about Thursday uh, closer to the time. And as I say, we're saying this, guys. To anybody listening, we're talking about this on the Wednesday night. We know there's every chance, couple of training sessions in between, and we've not had the press conference yet, so so injuries may change this. Up front, I'm expecting Morelos to start, despite our discussion with Lafferty. I think Morelos will still start the game if he's fit. If not, Lafferty comes in. That's the only options there. Wide, Ryan Kent's not ready yet. Middleton and Gresdor have both been away in international duty, um, with varying levels of kind of intensity to that. And Daniel Candace is back. Now, we saw what the Middleton, Morelos, Gresda three done against Motherwell. Does Candace come back in for this one, or do you keep those three? I think it's going to be... I think we might see Gresda If he's fit now, that he was carrying injury, I think, for Albania as well. So, it's going to depend on fitness. But if he's fit, I think we'll see him playing Saturday and Candace on Thursday. And if he's not, I think it'll be Candace and Middleton. Because I think, Livingston, as you say, they're going to sit in. So, Middleton is very direct. And he won't have to get, you know track back as much I think he'll fall out on Thursday as well so I think that's what you'll see the change yeah ok yeah so I, I, I've got a funny feeling he might keep Candace on the bench and give mm-hmm. that front three yep. the same chance again um, and as you say it sort of depends upon how Gresda comes back he played the full game against Scotland he played about an hour against Wales before getting subbed um, and by all accounts I watched the first half against Wales he done well I don't know how he played in the 15 minutes in the second half I, you know, I didn't see that um, he's clearly Albania's best player by the way to anybody that didn't watch international football uh, he, he looks like one of those guys that just like you've played football with him in your time you know where um, they're just so much better than you are <laughs> and the rest of their team are and they get so annoyed uh, you know when they're playing and they're asked to do a job out wide as Gresda was asked to do in both matches um, after the red card against Scotland and then against Wales he was kind of stuck out wide has to do a very specific and very disciplined job and you can see he just annoys him because he's quicker, he's sharper than his teammates and he's able to see things a bit more than them and he's not got the freedom to go and express himself and he's not got the backup of his teammates to, to really thrive but yeah, he looked good to me, he looked sharp 
if he's fat, I think he'll start. I think Middleton will start on the left. Morelos up top. Now, my prediction for this one to you, and I, I do think this will be a bit of a, a grind. It, it's just one of those things. Um, I just think Livingston will make it difficult. And given the record that they've got in terms of goals conceded, a 2 0 win's actually a decent win against them. And that's what I think we're going to get on, on Saturday. Do you think it will be a bit more comfortable than that? I'm going to go uh, 4-0. I'm going to be a wee bit more optimistic. I just think um, we'll get an early goal. we get people playing uh, playing for places now. And there's a lot of big, important games coming up. Nobody wants to play their way out the side. Um, I think it'd be different if it was an away game. But I think the fact is at home, Irons. 3-0 tends to be a famous score for, you know, can I get in 3-0 and then... Chilling, but I think we'll, we'll go on this and get four and just because the manager will keep at them, and a lot of people will want to be playing for places, as I say. So I think it'll be four now on Saturday, and I'll go for. I was going to say, I'm going to even go. Gresdale will get another goal or two as well. Um, okay, yeah, I'm almost tempted to stick a wee bit of money on uh, McCauley anytime. <laughs> um, if he starts, because as you say, he's, he's got a goal in him and. Um, the way Middleton has been whipping balls in from, from set pieces and such like recently, uh, he may be he may be good for one. I'm saying that though, as we pointed out during this, uh, Livingston certainly defend these things quite well, so it's not easy to beat them that way. Okay, so I hope you're right. By the way, I hope I'm yep. completely wrong. I hope I'm sitting there on Saturday enjoying an absolute goal fest from us, feeling like an idiot because I've said it's going to be tight and difficult. Um, do, do you know the most important thing is, is most important thing is just getting the win because I think I've got a sneaky feeling and I don't class Hearts as a challenge on any sense but I think you might see them falter this weekend they play St Mum and get a lot of injuries and I've just got a feeling you might see their bubble just eventually burst this weekend and it's all about aesthetics and just getting us up that league so yeah you, and you never know what happens elsewhere in the league and so just get the win um, and all, all you can do is concentrate on what you're in control of, isn't it? Uh, control of, sorry. Yeah, yeah, and it's 11 games between now and uh, the end of this calendar year. A little bit of a break there, time to, to reassess. Uh, we're going to look forward to a number of those games in terms of, you know, people are already talking about the Celtic game, which is the last of those. Get two games against Hibs in quick succession that, you know, we'll be looking forward to. And even much closer to that, there's going to be some eyes on Hearts at the weekend because if we win on Saturday and then we win that, because Celtic are playing in the cup final, yep. we would be top of the league regardless of what yep. other results are. So, um, so yeah, uh, there's, there's a little bit, but I think we need to be very aware of just that kind of one game at a time thing. Even as fans, we know the team are going to be like that. We know they're going to do that. But even as fans, I think we need to be just aware of that one game at a time. There may be a couple of bumps in this 11. There should be, really. You know, we're sort of... The sort of schedule that we have and the sort of squad that we have, we should be expecting a couple of bumps in these 11 matches. But let's just remember if it does happen that, you know, we've came through them so far this season quite well and we're capable of doing that. Stephen, I'm going to kind of wrap this up there. Um, Is there anything else from this you'd like to add? No, I think think we've pretty covered um, everything pretty, you know, densely. Um, As I say, I I think the most important thing is just about applying the pressure. Um, and just see where that takes us. You know, Celtic haven't had to deal with us being top of the table for a long, long time, and they've not had to deal with you know the chasing. They've always been the one out in front, and they could race players. They've still they're still in Europe, and they've got cup finals. So you know, apply this pressure and just see where it takes us. I think there will be bumps in the road. I think there will be bumps in the road for them, but it's going to be one of these roller coaster seasons. And I would just say strap yourself in because it's not going to be all plain sailing. 
Um, no. You're going to get frustrated at points. It's just the nature of the beast at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it only needs to be summed up by the fact that we're sitting two points behind Celtic when they beat us at the start of September. There was a four-point gap. A lot of people would say that our recent form hasn't been great. Some of our results with job points, so you know, home at Kelly, we've lost away to Livingston, things like that, and we're still actually caught up with them in points. It sums up what sort of league it is this season. It's not quite the the stroll that some people have made it out to be in, in seasons past. So, um, so yeah, as I say, I'll kind of wrap this up and thank you again, Stephen, for this and, and the. What I'd like to ask listeners to do, if possible, a little bit of feedback and how you felt this went. There's a bit less numbers from me, a bit more discussion, um, which I think works quite well. Um, I would like to, uh, in the next one, we'll talk about Villarreal during the week. We'll start to do the European, for me, start to do the European matches. Stephen's always done them. Um, we'll, we'll do that during the week, but I would like to get some questions from listeners for us to specifically look into, or even if a listener would like to come on and add a kind of third voice to this, that would be great as well. I think that's something that, that would uh, would be quite a bit of fun to see if someone's opinion from when they start is slightly changed by the end of the, the show when we <laughs> present them with the, the stats and discussion, you know. Um, so again, thank you, Stephen, for, for joining me on this one. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers. We'll be back. Um, we'll, we'll keep this going and see, see what the feedback is. And we'll be back to talk about Villarreal on Thursday. Um, or you know whenever we actually get around to doing it maybe before the Thursday obviously and uh, we'll, we'll speak to you all soon thank you thank you Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.